This is the Indie Dads Podcast. I'm Malcolm. And I'm Brian. And we're a couple of dads sharing our journey about starting out and bootstrapping our indie businesses while still prioritizing our young families. We believe that you can bootstrap a successful SaaS, freelance, or indie business while still enjoying the family life. Join us as we share our learnings from building our businesses from scratch. Well, good morning. Or uh, it's actually not morning for you, is it? Good evening. No, not quite. It's, it's actually quite late in the evening, but uh, I will take the sentiment. Yeah, good evening, Brian. It's, we're a little bit delayed, but it's always good to get to another episode of, of Indie Dads. Um, actually, haven't spoken to you in a while. How's, how are things going? Yeah, it's been, uh, well, a little bit more than two weeks. So, uh, you know, one of the fun things about having five kids is they've all got their different things that they're into. Uh, I've got a couple of my daughters that are into competitive cheer, and then I've got a son who does volleyball. Another, you know, daughter that does, um, she does. I, I always forget the name of it, but it's like what you see in Cirque du Soleil, where they have this big ribbon hanging from the the ceiling, oh, and you like do these acrobatics. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but she does that. So they've all got stuff going on, and sometimes uh, because some of them are on competitive teams, they end up traveling out of state. Uh, so that happened with my son he's in volleyball and he's on a club team and so they went to a tournament out of state it's like a 14 hour drive or a three hour flight my my wife won the rock paper scissors match to go with him (laughs) uh it was actually because she had family nearby but uh, she went with him which meant that i was um trying my best to do what she does every day which is you know shuttle everyone around keep them fed keep them from yeah keeping them from hurting themselves and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I got them to where they needed to go. I don't think I did very well at feeding them because, uh, past couple of days, you know, after she got back, I was, I, you know, I had a pretty upset stomach probably from all the junk that I, you know, the fast food that I ordered for them. So that's why we're, that's why we're a day or two late here, but back to normal. He did, he, they actually won their volleyball match. So best of eight teams there. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I've been up to over the past, um, I'd say, last half of last week, and got some other updates and stuff too. But how about you? What have you been up to? Yeah, not not too much. I think things have been pretty normal. Um, I've been trying to get over a running injury. I'm suffering from runner's knee, and that's that's actually Ooh. quite part of the reason why my mental health hasn't exactly been very good lately. Because that's a, for me a key part of getting out and just getting away from my desk as as going for a run and I love running um and I've I've been plagued all my life with with this runner's knee injury but it's just over the last two months it's become really bad where I can't run at all which has been (laughs) super frustrating for me so I've been trying to get out on my on my bike which I don't like doing I only do it because that's like it's getting some cardio exercise at least um so yeah I've been trying to trying to get out and slowly repair the knee um I did go for like, what's about 800 meters, which is not a lot, but at least it was some without any knee injury niggles, which was, which was promising. So I'm, I'm hopeful for the next week. Hopefully I can get back into that. Um, but yeah, it's actually been, been very flat the last two or three weeks just with, you know, what I'm, I'm working hard. I'm not seeing results and, you know, 
uh, I, I wasn't really expecting like you know droves and droves of customers by now but i i was kind of in the beginning of the year thinking well by the end of 2021 hopefully i should have a handful of customers which hasn't materialized just yet so plenty of uh, I guess one-offs, you know, people that come across me on Twitter or developer friends that, oh, I didn't know you do that, and they download the app and they give some feedback, but it's it's not like real, real customers or real users. So, yeah, I've uh, been kind of like in that mental space, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, just thinking about things, and uh, which is good for me. I think it, it, whenever I get to those inflection points, it helps me like take a step back and go, okay, well. What works and what do you really enjoy doing and what's not working? So, you know, maybe maybe we should change things up and, and see how that works. So yeah, maybe maybe yes. we can chat about that a little bit more in detail a bit later on. But I think this whole mental health thing is something that is for me has been quite pressing over the last two or three weeks. It's like how do you manage that as a dad and paying the bills and doing this thing on the side, you know? Mm-hmm. Is when you go running the time that you you're able to kind of think is that your your podcast listening thinking time and yeah for sure so i i double i double the the podcast listening with going out for a run but really it's more about um the the physical exertion is it's weird because I, I tell people when i go for a run it's relaxing which is kind of like you know an oxymoron because you're actually exerting <laughs> yourself quite heavily um but for me that's that that whole exerting yourself physically and getting up a good sweat and you know it's uh it purges your your mind from all these thoughts that are in the back of your mind and uh, gives you a chance to think about things and and then the next day i always feel fantastic because you know the, the body's in good shape and stuff so i've been missing that and been feeling lethargic because just like i haven't been getting the cardio in that i normally do um so i, I really miss that so i've got to i've got to make a plan to to get back to some level of fitness over the next couple of weeks so that all the other areas will benefit from that again so mm-hmm. yeah the work hasn't been too great but um not non-existent so at least there, there is some stuff to report back on so that's good it's incredible how tightly coupled health good sleep and you know mental uh fitness are are tied to you know feeling motivated and and happy and uh energetic yeah it's it's a weird thing when you're young right like you you think you're invincible and you can put your head down and you can work 80 hour weeks for months on end and you think it's not affecting you but really it does um Mm -hmm. i saw someone on twitter today was like he's freelancing and uh, he was trying to get advice like uh, you know he gets these days where he's just he's men- mentally is just not there and he can't work so how do other freelancers manage that and my response was well you got to be a bit proactive you you can't manage that when it happens you got to p- be proactive and look after yourself um so that that doesn't happen uh, you know mm-hmm. you you can't have these ridiculous goals and be working ridiculous hours and then think that that's going to be solved by some one or two days of rest because it's just going to come back and that cycle is not healthy. Yeah, you got to proactively look out for those warning signs and I I didn't recognize those warning signs of like burnout or overdoing it um until they hit, you know hit me a few times. For yeah. me, it's like when I get really impatient with people or um upset about the dumbest things, for me personally that's a good sign that I'm burning out cuz I shouldn't get upset over somebody 
uh, contradicting me in a meeting because maybe they have a good point. But if, if I get upset yeah. about that, it's a good sign or, um, you know, obviously not sleeping well, um, not being able to go to sleep at night because there's too much going on in my head. Uh, those are kind of some of the things that I watch out for. I think it's mostly my mood that I pay attention to. What, what about you? Any, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's a little bit more subtle. Uh, I, I find in this, this, it's not a d- depressive state. And I don't want to take anything away from people that really do get depressed, but I'm not my usual happy chipper self. I, mm-hmm. I kind of go into my shell and I'm just very stoic <laughs> about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never sad or never happy really. And just, you know, kind of looking for purpose and meaning in, in the things that I'm doing. And then I kind of know that, okay, it's, you know, this, you're pushing yourself more from a discipline perspective rather than in getting energy back so that you're finding joy in what you're doing again. So maybe there's, there needs to be some balance that needs some redressing. Um, and like you say, this comes with life experience. You start to see the flags earlier and earlier. Um, so that helps me be a bit more proactive when I, I can see the signs really early now um, mm-hmm. where, you know, I won't get to the point of absolute burnout. And I used to like a couple of years ago, it would be like the weekend would come and I would crash. I'd be sleeping mm-hmm. in the afternoons just trying to recover. And, you know, and for a while it was like, no, it's just because I'm not getting that much sleep in the week, but it's more than that. It's like the mental strain and everything else is going on. Well, and it's tough too, because you can't just like, quit your job and stop doing what you've got to do. Sometimes you have to power through, uh, when it's, you know, tough times at work or whatever. Um, you know, it can't always just be lollipops and butterflies all the time, but, uh, what do you do when you start feeling that way? When you start feeling withdrawn like that? Well, that's, what's been frustrating over the last couple of weeks. So my, my, my medicine is exercise. So, Mm -hmm. um, normally I, I, I'm, quite proactive and I know these specific things will help my mental health so one of them is going for a run or a bike uh, for an hour twice at least twice a week um, and when I find when I find those early signs coming on I just I just up the exercise a bit and then the other thing that re-energizes me is spending time with my family so maybe I'll be a bit more proactive on organizing something for the family which I'm normally absolutely terrible at um, but I find that takes my mind space away from, you know, because we, we make mountains out of molehills in us inside our, our own heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll be thinking like, oh, I'm not fulfilled at work or I'm not getting any traction with remote time. You know? But then a really good antidote for that is taking my family out on a, on a, on a trip and taking your mind space away from that and seeing my kids and, even though they're they're half the time they're at each other's throats, it's still, you know, it's like this is this is my purpose and this is what, you know, what I'm what I mm-hmm. live for. Um, yeah. The other stuff and that just puts everything into perspective again. Um, yeah, makes sense. How about you? Well, for me, there's a couple things. I find that when I'm getting close to burnout, I get really anxious, uh, so the anxiety is really high. Mm. Um, and there's a couple of things that I found that worked for me. One is just getting it all out of my head. Cause usually when I feel anxious, it's because there's a lot going on inside my head at the same time and yeah. I can't process it all at once. So it stresses me out. So either writing it down, um, just like not in any structure, just writing it down, getting it out of my head and then either turning those things into to do's like actionable things that I can do to get it off of my you know plate of things that stress me out or 
just getting it out. For example, um, you know, I was at a job previously where I was super stressed out, super frustrated, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure out why. And there was this thing that we did every time that there was like a production issue. We would ask ourselves five whys. Why did this happen? Let's say that uh, the database crashed. Well, why did the database crash? Well, it was because of X. Why did X mm. happen? It was because of Y. You, until you get down to the root cause of the real root cause, like the root cause wasn't the database crash. The, the, the root cause was something happened that caused the database to crash. Yeah. And so I did the same kind of thing with like, what's stressing me out? Well, it turned out after I went down five, I, I'm sure I went more layers down than that. <laughs> it was my It was my manager who was just actually just kind of a jerk. Um, yeah. but he was a, he was one of those brilliant jerks, you know, that you like, you like to be around cause they're really smart, but, and I had kind of, um, tricked myself into thinking that it was for my own good, even though he was, uh, causing all that stress that it was, I was learning so much, so I should keep working with him. But after mm-hmm. doing that and writing it all down, I realized, no, this isn't, <laughs> this is, literally going to kill me, uh, you know, with the stress and the high blood pressure and all this stuff if I don't do something about it. Um, and so I did in that case. The other thing that um, that I do is I, I'm a big fan of the Stoic philosophies, which which is like, um, well, one of, one of the principles of Stoicism is when you're in these situations where you're stressed out or you're worried about something, you just ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? Because most of the time, the worst is actually not that bad. It's just in your mind, like you said, making a mountain out of a molehill. You know, well, the worst that could happen is I lose my job. Okay, well, I'm a software developer. I can find another job in like a week. Um, It will be uncomfortable and I will have to, you know, deal with not making money for a week or two while I find another job. But, huh, that's not really the end of the world. So you start thinking about things in those terms. I actually did this with my daughter the other day because – like I mentioned, when my wife went out of town, she was super, super stressed out because she, you know, my wife is awesome. She does everything. And yeah. she was worried that that either I was going to forget something for school the next day or <laughs> she was. I was trusting you. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, because, well, the next day was picture day. So she didn't want to me- mess up picture day and all this. Oh, and so I just talked to her about it. I said, well, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I might forget my picture packet with the, you know, money in it for the pictures, school pictures and all that. Okay. Well, what would happen if that were to happen. Well, I could tell my teacher, okay. And then your teacher could call me or tell the office and they'd call me and I'd bring it. Oh, okay. It's not really that bad. And so just asking yourself, and we went through that with like five or six different things. And by the time she and I were done talking, um, she realized, oh, okay. Even if things fall apart tomorrow morning, they're all fixable. And so it wasn't too bad. And she was able to go to sleep and we, and she had what she called the perfect day. The next day she came home and told me everything went perfectly. So that was, um, you know, it really worked for her and it works for me. That's kind of what I do is just get it out of my head. Um, that's the other thing that I do to prevent stress and burnout too, is I'm a big checklist person, you know? So if I have to do something is I, I get it out of my head as fast as I can and into a checklist. So that was a really long answer, but that's kind of my approach. Those two things get it out of my head, written down somewhere, even if nobody else sees it. And then just think, you know, what's the worst that could happen. And recognizing that I'm heading down that path has been the harder part, like that I'm heading down the burnout path. That's the thing, like you said, that, that took me just experience um, to notice like, Ooh, I'm getting really irritable lately or I'm, you know, snappy or whatever, getting extra tired, can't fall asleep at night. And uh, of course the other thing that if you can, 
that helps is just taking time off. For me, it's just disconnecting from as many things as I can for a while. Yeah, and I think that the theme of consist of um, perspective is is quite prevalent as well. Because um, the other thing that really helps me is is whenever the weather permits, and uh, you know the the schedules line up with, like you say, with all the kids and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. When I knock off work at about half past five, six in the evening, the first priority is my wife and I go for a walk, and it's anywhere between thirty minutes and an hour, and that's so uh, you don't have the distraction of the kids. So um, lucky enough that my kids are just old enough now that we can leave them all at home and not worry about it too much. And we usually walk like in close vicinity. So it's not too much of an issue, but that's really helpful because then I can, even though she doesn't understand half the the business things and the, <laughs> the, the entrepreneurship and stuff, she's a, a very good listener and she will mm-hmm. offer like, well, have you tried this? Or, um, you know, maybe you should just take a break for a while. So that, that external perspective is really helpful to have. So it doesn't have to yeah. be a spouse necessarily, but if you if you find you often, um, you know, get into these burnout situations, don't forget we're relational beings. We're we're like wired that way. So um, if you're in a box on your own for too long, that that can be detrimental. So if you're feeling off, then have that other person that that can be a sounding board. I found is is really helpful. What you're describing is also like have someone that you can like you said, bounce idea of, ideas off of, but also vent to. I remember yeah. being super stressed out at work and I was meeting with someone, just grabbing lunch with someone that I used to work with that I would consider you know, a close friend. And he asked, well, who's your work buddy? Do you have a work buddy? Someone that you, like at work, because it's great to have family and friends, but somebody that at, that's at work that can identify. Yes, it's got you back. Yeah. yeah, it's got your back and you can vent to and you know they're not going to take it in, you know, to anyone else. And I realized I didn't yeah. have one. So when I, I, it's not like I went and found a work buddy, but I looked for that person, you know, and uh, eventually made some better friends at work that I was able to do that too, which is a whole different thing when you're on your own, of course. I guess that's where masterminds or, you know, uh, accountability partners or friends come in. But yeah, that was one thing that really helped me as well in the past. Yeah, and that's the that's the tough thing about like remote work, right? Because it's everybody you know is online, and it's very difficult mm. to have deep and meaningful relationships online. And I'm particularly bad at it. I, I, I look at Twitter and and all these people interacting and getting audiences and things like that. I was like, man, how do they do that? I don't I don't know. Um, so that's that's why it's particularly like my routine is is full of. Uh, my lunch times are outside. It's the walks with the wife. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, seeing my kids uh, when I take a lunch break. Um, you know, finding out how their day is going and, and getting that that real human connection there. I mean, I know a lot of people online, and that's great, but uh, human connection is important. Yeah, it makes sense. So, how have your? I'm really curious to hear about. Your project, you mentioned that you were a little bit frustrated about remote time updates. You mentioned you were a little bit frustrated. You also mentioned a couple of weeks ago that you had this side project you were working on. Um, really f- excited to hear about those. What, what's going on there? Yeah, so um, as far as remote time is concerned, uh, I think I mentioned that I was working on a new feature, which was personally handy to me, which is uh, customer time zones. Um, oh, it turned time out that zones. Was, that was... <laughs> Actually, a lot less of a headache than than some of the other stuff I've been working with because, like, like the, the the hairy stuff in uh, like timekeeping is like 
punch cards and handling next day and today and you know all these kinds mm-hmm. of things that's that was a, a big headache but attaching a time zone to a customer is actually super simple so that was easy to to implement in the app and that went to the stores i think uh end of last week so nice. i'm in a i'm in a good zone as far as that's you know having s- something really small that adds value and shipping mm-hmm. once every two or three weeks um so there's there's a good cadence there so it's it's a really small thing. So when you when you're adding tasks, you see the customer the task belongs to, and there's a little time label there that that shows you what time it is in their time zone. So that's that's handy for me. I work with a lot of people in the states, so it's like I'm always I'm like five or six hours difference, and you guys have got daylight savings time, which is just <laughs> I don't know who came up don't with even, that, but it's just yeah. a crazy idea. Um, so that now it's helpful to like okay, I know they're going to come online in the next hour so i can do some preparation and stuff like that so that really helps me well you're you're smarter than me because it took me forever you know with when you record everything in utc but there's something somewhere not being recorded in utc and it's like messing everything up that took me forever so it's really cool to hear you're able to knock that out quickly yeah, thankfully, uh, uh, 20 years of development experience has taught me, like, if you're storing dates, everything gets stored in UTC. So that's like, from the beginning of the project, everything got stored that way. So it's just made my life a lot simpler in terms of interpreting time zones and date times and that kind of thing. Nice. Um, the other thing I did do, which I said I was going to do, um, was connect with at least one person. So I got on got online with this friend of mine i said listen you're you're installing remote time and you're gonna walk me through like and it's really cool because he's he's super critical he's like i want him to go step eight he said no 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 i'm gonna do this other thing and i'm gonna press this button and i'm gonna go back here but why can't i do that i want to go back to the previous step so it's really a humbling experience but it's it's good as well so you know uh, like I started your timer on remote time and it started at 30 seconds instead of zero. Why did it do that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> do seconds really matter? You know, in my mind, it's like that uh-huh. makes complete sense. Why do you got to worry about seconds? But in his mind, it's like, no, but it needed to start at zero. So, it, you know, just that outside perspective. So that was good to have. Um, one or two bugs came out of that, uh, like one-on-one interview. So that was good to like jot down, put that on the backlog. Um and then one of, I've wor- I fixed a really big bug as well that was bothering me. It's like every morning I'd get to my desk and I'd start the timer in remote time and the app would crash because there was an access token problem. Um, so I finally figured that out. And it, it was always an issue because, you know, it's, it, you have to wait 24 hours for the thing to expire to be able to reproduce it. And I had some trouble with my local environment. So it was good to to get out to the store and that doesn't happen anymore. So I think that's that's pretty much it. Well, that's that's a pretty good couple of weeks. There's nothing more humbling, like you were saying, than watching someone use your app and just seeing what they do without any prompting. This uh, I'll go into my update in a minute, but this project I'm working on, they've got Hotjar installed, so Hotjar yeah. installed, which will record their screen and all their mouse movements and clicks and stuff. And I didn't even build the thing, but I was so embarrassed uh, and ashamed, even though I didn't build it, watching users try to use this <laughs> website. Like, it's just super humbling. Oh, man, I why would you do that? Like, I'm, I feel like yelling at the screen, oh, don't click there. That's not what you're supposed to do. But, you know, yeah. they don't know that. So Users are, are interesting. They will, they will do things that you wouldn't believe, that like you wouldn't have dreamed of it. <laughs> I, rem- I remember one of my first apps I shipped to the Windows Phone Store was a, a 
to-do list app. Um, and it it was pretty cool. It had tags and stuff before it was fashionable in you know the the, the good apps that have it today. And I had a field on a on a on a on a task uh, called notes. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll make this like a certain size, and that's more than enough. And choose nuts. Like some user went and pasted like I don't know a couple meg of of <laughs> text in this really really small mobile phone text area. And obviously <laughs> that they crashed the app. And I was like, why would you do that? Did you actually <laughs> like type all this out in on your mobile phone keyboard? That's insane. But yeah, they, they do things that we don't think of. Yeah. Nothing better than getting real users. So what's, what's next for you? What are you feeling like? Uh, like, uh, not that I'm encouraging you to continue or not continue or anything like that. I'm kind of an observer here, but um are you still feeling uh, bullish about continuing to work on remote time? Is it the app you want to spend the next you know years working on? Or are you getting to the point where you might consider doing something else also? Or where are you at there? Yeah, look, I'm I'm always open minded. I've I've been around long enough to know that you know what you think is solid today is a liquid tomorrow. So you know things change. Um, I'm still as passionate as I ever was about remote work, um, about the the you know healthy, um, you know all the all the healthy habits that that brings with it, and it, particularly with freelancers. I mean, it kind of ties into the topic we were working on earlier, is that freelancers tend to overwork themselves, and you know a lot of the timekeeping and invoicing apps out there they very much concentrate around how you're making money and and um, keeping track on the the times and seconds and reporting that so i'm still very passionate about the philosophy of doing remote work and freelancing in a healthy way and i have a bunch of ideas uh that for remote time to be able to do that um so i feel like i'm still kind of at the beginning of that product um and that was part of a little bit of my of my reflection on being a little bit down in the dumps on on not getting at least a, a handful of users was um, I kind of feel like the artist that enjoys the process of making the art. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a large part of that is people appreciating the art, but that is not the like the the primary goal. The primary goal is like what drives me, what makes me who I am is I have a very particular set of passions and I have this creative outlet. Um, so there's, I guess I've been feeling a little bit more pressure on the getting people to come and appreciate the arts and finding that audience, which you have to do if you want to make that your full-time job, right? That's, that's part of the parcel. You can't not do that. Um, but I, I think I was, I was, I was also a little bit focused. So part of that reflection was, uh, so it's generally the work is split into three things: it's feature development, uh, fixing the bugs, and concentrating on audience development or or marketing, whatever you want to call that section. And I was trying to do all three, like in the week somewhere, and then I was very loose about well what do i feel like today and obviously the marketing i almost never feel like so it's either bug fixes or or feature development um so i'm changing my strategy a little bit towards the end of the year i'm going to experiment with working in these uh two-week sprints so i know there's a bunch of bugs i have to take care of so let's focus on just fixing those bugs and then shipping like a really stable release out and then 
maybe the next two weeks will be okay what can I, i'm gonna f- I've, these two weeks are for audience development or for marketing what are you gonna do are you gonna reach out one-on-one to freelancers are you gonna start building on a website or implementing a website that's much better with seo to be able to get those people to you like have you singly focused on that end goal rather than having all these three or four goals and trying to like shoot in all these different directions so that's i I think the 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 end result of contemplating on how can i do things better i suppose okay well so i I like the idea of doing it in sprints um I feel like you've tried that before, maybe recently where you, you planned on doing marketing for two weeks and then there was some, you know, critical bug that came in. I'm not doubting you because I think you can definitely do it and it's, it's an awesome idea, but how are you going to, do you have any thoughts on like how to stay on track um, and hold yourself accountable for not going back to your comfort zone? Yeah. So, I mean, these, these feedback sessions help. <laughs> I'm telling a couple hundred people like, I'm going to do this. And then in two weeks time, I report back and say, no, well, actually I didn't. No, well, it was it was a lot more loose last time, and also, um, you know, it's not hard and fast. So, if there's a critical bug, I will I will switch to go and fix it. But then, you have to be very critical on like, is it really critical? So, a, a good example is, uh, I think it was about a month ago, um, I walked through someone with remote time, and there was there's a bug in a very particular scenario with the onboarding, and. The overarching message that I was getting back was, no, well, no, you should rather fix, fix the bug than add new features. But I know it's in a, in, a, in a very specific part of the app. So I'm happy to make that compromise and say, well, that's not quite very important. Now, I know that this extra feature is going to add more value um, and I can leave that bug on the backlog until like, actual customers who are paying me money saying, I can't live with this. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so there are things that that you need to say no to, and that's that's not. I'm still learning how to do that, uh, you know, no, because I will I will think up of a new feature and I'm like, oh, that's such a cool feature. I've got to drop everything else and I've got to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, it's it really is a fine art on and coming like I'm from an enterprise background, right? Enterprise, you do everything. You like write all the unit tests. You make sure you got all the test coverage. You got to think of the hundred different ways that users can use this, and you got to before they even encounter that scenario, you got to like build for it, and you know. And it's just I, since I switched to freelancing for a much smaller company and a lot smaller product, I've been grow- that's probably the area I've grown the most. And it's like, well, <laughs> just because it's a bug doesn't mean it has to get fixed. Like, do impact <laughs> analysis, and like, is it is yeah. it really? And what's really important is this prioritization. So that's. Still, something I'm working on, but I'm I'm confident that have you know I I never really had a, a two week sprint thing. I suppose I think that's going to help me a little bit. Like when I, I know these next two weeks, and it's short enough to where it's like oh, I don't like this, but I know it's the end is is near. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just stick stick to it and get to the end of it, and you can switch again. Well, it sounds like you'll be able to go podcast episode by podcast episode since we do every other week you know you can yeah, say hey, this next much. one i'm going to do marketing okay <laughs> that'll be fun to follow up on so i've got one other uh thing i wanted to throw out there and then i'll let you pick on me uh since i've been poking at you so much um it, you should feel free to poke them to Don't poke worry, at me Brian, anytime of course <laughs> but um you know as you're as you were talking about how you feel so passionate about 
the freelancer experience as opposed to just billable hours. Um, that feels like it could be a really um, strong opinion. You can have very specific things that you feel strongly about and something that you should maybe blog about. Um, you know, that's build your audience and your potential, you know, user base in the future through blogging, especially kind of green, uh, what's it? not greenfield, but, uh, evergreen content that won't age with time that maybe takes yeah. a little bit longer to put together. Maybe it takes your whole two weeks to put together an article that will last for years. Have you thought about doing that? Uh, it's always been in the back of my mind, but it hasn't been that much of a priority, but that's, you make a good point. That's, I mean, like the content marketing is, is a big part of, especially if you're like a, a solo founder and you've got a thousand things to do. If you can do something on the marketing side, that's kind of like you, you sp- it takes a little bit longer, but you know, it's, it kind mm-hmm. of like lives on its own as a product afterwards. And, you know, con- blog posts are a good way to do that. I'm going to give some thought as to like what platform and where, but you, you make a good point. You need to put all of those things that are floating around and put it on paper. And It is content marketing, but I would suggest not thinking of it as content marketing. Think of it as helping people that think like you. So mm. that I that that identify with the same strong opinions that you have, because I think those people will naturally flock and you know surround themselves with people like them, including you, and they will attract others like them, and so you can build this following by finding like-minded people. Um, if especially, I think it's a lot easier to do if you're not thinking of them as potential sales leads. If you're just trying to help people, you know, I, I'm going to write yeah. this article about my process just because I can help people. And if they happen to f- subscribe and follow me because they agree and I have a strongly opinionated piece that they feel resonates with them, then so be it. Um, and I feel like the people that do that um, earn my trust faster than if I feel like they're just trying to pitch me on something. So just throwing that out there for yeah, yeah, exactly. as, as food for thought. That's a good point. Okay. Well, um, okay. So now it's your time to poke, poke holes in my, my update. Please yeah. do. Um, okay. So, I mentioned last time that I reached out to a friend of mine that I've, you know, grabbed lunch with every once in a while. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he over the years has started a bunch of different businesses. I mentioned that uh, as a funny side note, he was on The Bachelorette season five. I found the video, and I found the video of that. him <laughs> doing a break dancing battle. Yeah, it's on Twitter if you want to see it. Um, but the funny thing is, oh, he no. his. You know, they have your name there and then they have your your job title or whatever industry you're in. And his was entrepreneur. And it's totally true. Like that's what yeah. he's been doing since he got out of college. Uh, well, after his first few jobs out of college is he started a bunch of different businesses and side hustles and things like that. So he's in it for, for keeps, as am I. And um, he started this company that uh, went over a little bit last time, but at, at a high level, I don't know how well I really described it. For, for like a one sentence description, it is lead generation for real estate investors. That's it. So they pay him a certain amount per month. And then he goes out and manages their AdWords campaigns and gets them leads. The kicker there is that he's also an, uh, a real estate investor and a licensed realtor. So he knows his stuff. He's not just some company collecting leads however they can and then selling them, which is what most companies yeah. do that sell leads is they just collect them however they can. And it's up to the individual real estate investor to figure out, is this garbage? Is this not? He does that filtering up front. 
And the other thing is they work with the people that um, they give the leads to and they they figure out whether those leads worked out. Did they turn into an offer to buy the house? Uh, did it turn into a sale? You know, did they make money off of it? And then in theory, they're able to take that uh, information and, and tweak the ads uh, to improve them. But I say in theory because they haven't gotten that far yet. Everything he's done, because he's not technical, is has been outsourced. So he's outsourced the... Uh, the lead gen site. He's outsourced his company website. He's outsourced even the lead or the ad sense kind of management. So even though he's, his company is basically an agency. He's just kind of managing other agencies. Um, And so where the value comes in is him being that expert subject matter expert and giving the, his clients, uh, metrics and analytics and feedback on how things are working because it, you know, so what some of these deals close for like a hundred thousand dollars profit. So if, if they go and they spend $20,000 in ads, it's still a huge win, but they might have to spend those $20,000 in ads up front to get that hundred K pro, uh, you know, sale yeah. later yeah. on. And so he's kind of, kind of, he has to guide them through that process. And this is where his, special sauce, I guess, comes in where they need some help is, um, turning this agency basically into a, a machine into something where they can, um, put all the parameters in. Okay. This, uh, real estate investor works in this Metro area, has this budget and, you know, something that can automatically set up the ads and manage those and watch them and, um, tweak them based on the feedback that we get. I'm, I'm putting the cart ahead of the horse a little bit, but that's where we would want to ultimately get to turn this SaaS into more of a productized service, which is what they're pretty close to right now. And then into a SaaS. Or, or, yeah. I think I said that backwards, but you get the idea. Um, yep. So I came on board and I said, look, I can do this for you. you you're, you've hit this ceiling right now where you can only do so much because you're not technical. Um, so somebody could be telling you lies and you wouldn't know it. Uh, you yeah. can only go so far on your own and he, he's gotten that far and good for him. Like he's supporting himself doing this plus a VA and one other person. It's a good sign for the business model, right? Totally. Yeah. And so that's why it's so exciting. Be profitable without having a scalable technical solution. Then, you know, the business yeah. model is pretty good. It's, it's awesome. And I, I think that's the right way to go is like, don't build from the beginning, but put it together with just, you know, hot glue and duct tape and get it to work and then fix it. So we're at the end then yeah. fix it part right now. Um, so I came in and they were basically in firefighting mode 24 seven, things were breaking, falling apart. So I got that kind of stabilized. I set them up with some basic processes that we know from the software development world that, um, I guess aren't used a whole lot elsewhere. Things like Jira, Kanban, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we brought some order to the, you know, from the chaos. And now, so we're a little bit more. We're doing daily standups and stuff like that. We're a little bit more organized um, now. What I'm doing is not what I thought I was going to be doing two weeks ago. <laughs> so, what I thought I was going to be doing was starting to look into building this <laughs> um, this system for them, this machine. Yeah, Turns out. Yeah. They have this, so their lead gen site, the site that all the ads lead to, has a domain name, obviously. And that domain name, just through coincidence, is one letter off from another, what we call iBuyers 
places like Zillow and um, OfferPad yeah, and those yeah. kind of companies. It's one letter off. And it wasn't anything devious that he was doing. It was just like, they're both good domains. They sound very similar. And so they sent him a cease and desist. <laughs> oh, so he's like, crap. So what I'm doing now is I'm building them a new um, lead gen site. It, their old one hasn't been updated in years or not really in years. It's not mobile optimized, which is more than 50% of their traffic, all this kind of stuff. So I'm taking a fresh look at it using all my experience in building these types of things. And uh, we're going to launch that by the end of October. So by this ne- end of this next podcast, we hope to have that launched. And that's kind of table stakes. Like you have to have a good Legion site because if they yeah. If they if this other company came to him and said you need to shut this off now or a judge, you know, said you have to shut this off now, um they're in deep water because you can't suddenly everything tanks. Everything tanks and, and Google will not suddenly turn on ads to a new site. They do it with a slow trickle at first and so Yeah. This is what I've been working on um and I'm getting pretty close. I'm pretty excited about it because I do think that the old one was was pretty rough. Uh the new one's like not trying to pat myself on the back, but it's all the latest and greatest stuff. And uh, I think decent UX, I think it could kind of turn this into a hockey stick moment for them. Um, so it sounds like what you're, what you're saying, Brian, is that, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, I mean, the, the, the thing that you were going to build w- would be kind of like your, your proof of stake. Right, that you would give yourself till the end of October to build this thing, yeah. and that would yeah. lead to a conversation with your partner and say, "Well, this is we're at this point now. Is it? Are we in? An, are we in bed, or are we going to part ways?" Yeah, it sounds like this is. I mean, you're. It sounds like you're bailing them out of a pretty critical place. But does does that still serve the same purpose? Um, I would like it to, but. If I were in his shoes, um, this is something that he could hire someone to do, honestly. It would be expensive and all that, but he could hire an agency to build a new site for them. Um, And the reason it's got to be a brand new site instead of just changing the domain is because the old site is on HubSpot. And HubSpot only allows you to have one primary domain at a time, so you can't have two parallel websites running. And so for technical reasons, he's got to build one from the ground up on WordPress or whatever, you know, rails or whatever you want to build. Um, and so he could hire anyone to do that. So it's not like I'm doing anything that some agency couldn't do. I'm not building, I'm not doing something that a critical partner could do, but I think the way that I'm doing it and the speed at which I'm doing it does prove my value. It's his business right now, right? So he can either let me in or not. And it's up to me as well. I've got a hundred different opportunities so I can either choose to go in or not. Um, yeah. And I still, I'm still definitely interested. But uh, to answer your question, I think this gets me like halfway to where I w- wanted to be. If I were him, and and uh, if I'm looking at this objectively, the value that I really need to provide as a partner is is the whole closed loop attribution thing, where we can say this ad got you this deal. Let's make more of those types of ads and that type of thing, which they don't have the ability to do right now. And that's not something that just some agency off the street, you know, could, could do uh, as easily because they don't understand. Yeah. Who's invested in the the product roadmap and knows where it's going to go. Not some, but some agency that's going to come in and do something mm-hmm. quick and, and leave again. You need like long-term strategy investment there. But it's, uh, I mean, I guess like 
yeah like i was gonna ask you you're in a limited time with like you've given yeah. yourself this very specific set time right so if you're not going to have that conversation how does that influence your thinking on uh i guess plan b is there a plan b well yeah it puts me in a little bit of an awkward spot right because now i've i'm essentially donating this month to getting them out of this uh, technical problem that they've got uh yeah. And if I want to do the other thing that provi- that really demonstrates the value that I can bring to the table, um, that will take another month. And do I want to gamble, um, you know, this month that I have, you know, with this project, or do I want to try something else? And um, honestly, this feels more like work than sabbatical. So I'm having daily standups. I'm, um, you know, helping to run those. I'm running the Jira board. I'm, I'm developing i'm doing all the things that i would be doing in a full-time job yeah that sounds very much operational i i also don't want to like i want to be able to look back on this period of my quote sabbatical and think yeah i did a lot of work but it was fun and not super stressful Mm. so there's that to factor in too um i am still having fun though definitely so i guess the answer to your question is i think that it provides like what i'm doing right now demonstrates enough potential value. Like I've got the chops to do what needs to be done. Maybe I haven't done it yet, but it's clear that I can, that we can have that conversation still at the same time. Um, And uh, so I I think I'm still kind of roughly on track to deciding in November, you know, if, uh, if I want to go on board as a partner or not, but uh it's two it's two ish weeks away i guess it's 10 days away at this point and uh doesn't sound like very long but a lot can happen so i guess i'll just have to kind of report back on the next episode on how that went but if you what are your thoughts i'm really interested in if you were in my position what would you do yeah the first thing that comes to mind is to be like open and honest with with regards to like you're feeding back to me and feeding back to our audience. Like this is where your mindset is. And, you know, you're at this time is donation. Uh, my hope would be that you would ha- be having that same conversation with your partner as well and not leave it till like three weeks or four weeks and then say, well, you know, now we're at a point do, do we decide or not? I think in my mind, that's a continuous conversation. And I know it's very difficult being involved in, in businesses and enterprises. Like when you're there in the day, it's operations, 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 and a lot of companies fail because they don't they don't make uh, time to talk strategy and talk long term relationships um, as part of their operational activity in the day. So, I mean, you've already told me that a little bit of a red flag that you're not just doing the the proof of concept stuff or building the websites. You're doing a lot of operational management and um, you know things like that, and that tells me there's probably very little time to be having those conversations. So if you haven't already, my encouragement would be to try and be more proactive with like, you know, this, where, where are we now? Do we, are we still thinking the same thing? Whereas I feel like I can give you value. I feel like there's good partnership or I'm not as motivated, whatever the, the thought process is. Like I'm not mm-hmm. as motivated as I was. I didn't think this would be this way, you know? Um, and then yeah. have the conversation spin out from there. I, I think that for me would be my two cents in it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the nice thing is I don't feel like either side has an up on the other because 
they clearly need me. They need my organization skills, my leadership skills, and my engineering skills. I yeah. need their traction because <laughs> that's the thing, you know, that is hard with starting a software company is like, hey, you guys have traction. Sure. Uh, so that's their 50%. My 50% is everything else I just mentioned. So it doesn't feel lopsided in that way, which makes those conversations less awkward. Those conversations might feel awkward if it was like, I don't know, 70, 30, where I'm like, please let me in. Uh, but it's more like, you know, hey, we really need you. Yeah, I agree. I can help. Let's talk about it. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I and, well, think you're right. When you when you were talking, it, it kind of sounded to me like in your mind, you needed to prove this whole closed loop thing in order to prove your value. And from from an outside objective perspective, I don't, I don't hear that. I think <laughs> by the sounds of it, what you're doing now, this operational stuff is as important, if not more important than a, a closed loop product. It's very much a, a way a company runs and the efficiency and the operational efficiency and the culture that is more important than the product features that you're putting down. So if you're proving that you're, there's, there was this missing cog in the operations of the company and it's way better because you're there, in my mind, you've proven your worth already. So you, you don't have to be hesitant to be having the kinds of conversations like, do we do this on a more permanent basis? What are the thoughts and that kind of thing? You shouldn't, you shouldn't have any hesitancy for that. I appreciate hearing that. That's uh, good reassurance. I think um, only thing I'd add to that is if I were looking to get hired, it'd be a no brainer because of like what you said, I'm looking to become yeah. a, you know, a, a significant, if not 50, 50 partner. Um, and so I feel like the bar's a little bit, higher maybe that's just me holding myself to a higher standard than i need to but um I, that's why i think i feel like i've still got a little bit to go but it's it's good to hear from people that are looking at it from the outside like you saying that no you've you know for people that are that you're looking at it from somebody's perspective that isn't another engineer you're looking at it from a comp, you know business owner's perspective so yeah, it's good to hear yeah. so i mean we're not saying like you have to make a decision, you know, a conver have to have a conversation that leads to a decision, but at least have that on the table more often and not like forget about it and get stuck in the operations and then only have the conversation in four weeks' time. I think yeah. you're already at a place where you are more than, you know, you have more than enough uh, evidence in your, in, your, in your basket to be having those conversations and just saying what the feelings are. And you'll get and I, also a good a good idea from him. Like you're you're in your own mind and you're thinking, I don't know what's the worth, but you can speak to your partner and, and he'll tell you, well, I think you're amazing or no, you know, I've seen you work in this specific way and I'm not sure that's going to work. I think it needs another three weeks. So you'll, you'll get yeah. where his head's at as well if you like prompt that conversation and force it out. It's good to hear that because I think one of the – well, not I think, I know – one of the things that I've always struggled with in my life and in management and here is not beating around the bush and just getting straight to the point, you know? And so what you're saying is get straight to the point, stop beating around the bush. Yeah. Um, sorry, my Lex is going, going off here. Um, but you know, that I think that's what I need to do. So, so I mean, for the next two weeks, is that what you're going to be doing is you're going to be busy with a, with a website that's what i'm going to be doing is i'm going to be finishing up the website the new lead generation website then after that 
um, if we can launch by the end of October, then I'm going to start on the new, what, what I want to do is build a dashboard basically for their clients so that they can see the leads yeah. that have come in right now. They're all emailed and like send over via Zapier and stuff like that. I want to build a place where their clients can log in and see the value of what they're providing on a dashboard type of thing. So that's what I'll be working on after that. Um, so it's all product work for me, the, the fun stuff for right now. What about you? Yeah. What are you going to be? Which one of the are you doing the marketing yeah. or the product this these next? I'll, weeks? I'll be working on bug fixes the next two weeks. There's still one or two things that are irritating me, which I'm pretty sure will be irritating potential users. So I'm gonna bed down, and it's, it, that's also gonna help me reflect a bit more. I, th- I feel like I've come to one or two answers, but I still think I need to room room. Never mind think about <laughs> what's what's what the what the path is forward so the current thinking is to have to experiment now for the rest of the year with these two week sprints because there's not a lot of the year left um, and i know december from from keeping time logs of previous indie hacking things december is almost lost i'm maybe 10 to 12 hours usually um, so what i'm going to do this year in december is i'm going to take a break from remote time and work on my other side project, which is like my on again, off again, when I have spare time on the weekend and the kids are busy, um, app storefront, which is that white labeled um, business app, uh, micro business app. So I know for sure I've got customers there. My wife will be a customer. We've got a friend who also runs a micro business that sells. She's desperately looking for something to communicate with her clients with. So um, that's going to be fun for me as well. And I know like when I'm busy with other things, normally when I think let let things settle, then, you know, the strategy and the road forward becomes more clear. Um, I don't, you know, that's, it's not a scalable business model because it's a white labeled thing. So I'm, I don't really have any, I guess, plans to, to make that as something that's in the future, but you never know, maybe, maybe it gets traction and people land in it and I can turn it into something scalable. I'm I'm still open-minded when it comes to that. So I'm going to be a little brutal here. Uh, You mentioned that you were going to go from bug fixes to that. It feels a little bit like avoiding the marketing stuff. Are you, are we going to get at least one, two week period of marketing? Yeah, I was, I was going to, there's a couple two weeks period before December, Uh, right? So I think there's, there's three or four periods. So I'll have given this whole cycle at least because there's three different cycles so bug fixes mm-hmm. features and and marketing so i will at least hit one of them at least once be, between now and december so okay okay because it'll be a good enough experience experiment to know if that strategy is working or not yes, uh, exactly. and if it does or it doesn't uh, i get december to think about okay maybe there's something better or you know however yeah. that goes sorry i was just gonna say i think it's totally fair to take a break if you want to. You're the one who's doing, you yep. know, it's your project. Uh, even though I'm guilt tripping you a little bit here, <laughs> you know, there's no reason why you can't just say, I'm going to take December off, you know? So if you want to work on a different project. That's the cool thing about not having a lot of people like, hey, you've got a bug in your software. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> there's nobody pestering me, so I can take a break if I yeah. want. Uh, and also yeah. what I what I normally do is on a higher level, at the beginning of every year, I list three uh, what they call BHAGs, B, big, hairy, audacious goals. Mm-hmm. So I usually have like these three goals that I try and hit for the, for the year in terms of uh, remote time. So that December break, just working on a different app will help me think as well as like, what do I want to achieve the next year? There's a couple of technology changes coming down the pipeline. I still need to add desktop support, you know, all these 
what am I going to do marketing wise? You know, that, that kind of thing. So it's going to help me okay. just like plan and gear up for next year as well. Cool. Sounds like a plan then. I think uh, this time though, it's your turn to give the dad joke first. Is, is if I remember right. I think so. Okay, cool. I, I have no idea, but I'm, I'm happy to go. Um, <laughs> so this past weekend, uh, you know, I'll try and instill a, a, a good work ethic with my kids. So I told them all that, listen, we're going to do some chores. So I went out and I started washing the car, the cars um, with my kids. Um, but my wife wasn't really of the same mind. And she came out and she said, she asked very politely, please, um, why don't you use the sponge instead? I was washing the cars with my oh. kids. <laughs> Man, I'm so slow. You know, I, I'm a little ashamed at how slow I was. <laughs> I was <laughs> that little pause was me waiting for the punchline and then going, wait, I think he just gave it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't wash the car with your kids. The funny thing, and people can't see this when they're hearing it, but when a, a you know somebody telling a dad joke delivers the punchline, you know because the the look they give you. <laughs> it's like this, get it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, mine's not nearly as elaborate. It's it's nice and short, but um, it, it's more like a, a joke than a dad joke, but it's a little punny too. So um, what do a tick, like the bugs that suck your blood, what do a tick oh, yeah. and, the, and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites, parasites. I totally butchered that. <laughs> oh. It's a parasite and a parasite. Yeah. Get it? I get it. I oh, get it. That was bad. That was bad. Okay. I'll work on my I did interrupt you a bit there though. So we'll do it better next time. <laughs> no, that's what post uh post editing is for. So oh, yes, <laughs> people may not even know. It's gonna be totally sound brilliant. Yeah, yeah there we cool. go. All right. Well, good luck with your uh, is this you said this is bug week fix. Bug Yeah, it's six weeks. Two weeks of bug fixing. See how that goes. All right. Well, good luck. I'm glad to hear you're feeling better, Brian. Um, Thank hope you. Hope you have a productive week. Yeah, you too. We'll talk to you later. Cool, man. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this episode and want an easy way to support us, we'd love it if you reviewed this podcast on whichever platform you're using to tune in. If you'd like to ask a question, you can send an email to hello at IndieDads.com or message us directly on Twitter. You can also find us at IndieDads.com where you can see show notes, links to our Twitter profiles, and product websites. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.